or I'm sure people dealing with ADHD, when you share that, people say, well, why don't you pay better attention then? It's like, no, no, this is something I'm dealing with. Well, yeah, it, 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 why don't you just take a breath and focus then? And, and I don't think the people realize how much that hurts, but it just makes you feel like, you know, I've been dealing with this and feeling like there's something wrong with me and, and this is just who I am and I'm just doing the best job I can like you. ADHD Rewired episode 135. This is the show designed for those of us with really good intentions, but a slightly wandering attention. My name is Eric Tivers. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, coach, and speaker. The website is ADHDrewired.com. We know that starting is the hardest part, so let's get started. But first, let me tell you about this. The CHAD International Conference on ADHD is November 10th through the 12th in beautiful, sunny Costa Mesa, California. I'll be speaking about time management strategies following Ari Tuckman's talk on the science of time. Go to chad.org to register. I hope to see you there. Oh, and the price goes up after October 17th, so don't wait. October is ADHD Awareness Month, and you're invited to join one or all of our Tuesday Q&As. I'll be joined by a former tech consultant and the other half of the ADHD Rewired coaching team, Nisha Subramanian. Come with questions, challenges, or just curiosity. Interact with the members of the ADHD Rewired community. Sign up for free at erictivers.com slash events. That's erictivers.com slash events. The link is in the show notes. Don't miss your chance to partake in this year's ADHD Awareness Expo. This free virtual expo features many of the top experts in ADHD, including Ned Hallowell, Kirsten Milliken, Lori Dupar, Rick Green, Alan Brown, and yeah, I'll be there too. It's October 2nd through the 8th. Go to erictivers.com slash expo2016 to register. That's erictivers.com slash expo2016, and I'll see you there. Welcome back to another episode of ADHD Rewired. Today's guest is Drew Ackerman, but he is known to most people as Scooter. Drew is a host of a very popular podcast, the Sleep With Me podcast. It's a podcast designed to lull you to sleep with stories that are finely dressed in and prepared in soothing tones and some of the most impressive tangents ever heard on a podcast. Drew has never been formally diagnosed with ADHD. He has shared that he does have dyslexia, and he has shared on his podcast that he has his own struggles, and sleep being one of them. And so I guess it was born, the Sleep With Me podcast, which Drew, I know I've shared with you, but I want to share with all my listeners too, is honestly one of my favorite podcasts and probably is one of the podcasts that I recommend to more people than any other podcast. So Drew, I'm a little, I'm a little excited to have you on the show today. So I'm going to try to, you know, keep my like excited schoolgirl kind of like thing going on here and, you know, be present. The fact that I'm with Scooter. Hey, Drew. How are you? Hey, thank you. This is probably the best, nicest intro I've ever gotten. So thank you so much. 
I'll be Drew for right now. So it's like uh, I'll have slightly more energy and try to be slightly more focused than when I'm in the podcast. I'm sure I'll, I'll find my way to some tangents as we talk. So I want to kind of begin by um, tell us kind of what you do in the realm of why you created this podcast. Yeah, so the podcast, like kind of as you talked about in the introduction, one reason I started the podcast was because I, as a child, I had terrible insomnia. And my insomnia was, and maybe your listeners could relate to this, was related to anxiety about school and the difficulties I was having in school. And I would spend almost all night worrying about going to school and tossing and turning and especially Sunday nights were the worst because I had been away from school for a couple days and I knew it was coming and I didn't know how I was going to get in trouble or if I was going to get in trouble. So I'd just be thinking about it the whole night. And my parents were there and they wanted to help, but but they slept. So I kind of felt like they couldn't relate even though they wanted to be uh, available. And so it was like a very painful, isolating thing. And one thing that helped me was the radio and, and especially Sunday nights were the worst. And I would turn on the radio and there was this comedy radio show when I was a kid called Dr. Demento and I would put it on and it never helped me fall asleep, but it it just like swept me away and and it made me feel for like those couple hours. Okay. Like I wasn't thinking about school and stuff. And those two memories, like the the anxiousness and the, and the anguish of not being able to sleep. And then the escape that the show provided me, Like, I guess they just sat in the back of my mind for a long time. And then at some point, I don't know, I just got curious. Like, I I started listening to podcasts and I was like, man, like, it's such an open medium. You know, you can talk about anything you want and you can get as deep as you want and you can can take chances that you can't take on, on radio, but you can also reach a lot of people and you can distribute the podcast worldwide. So I said, oh, man, what, like, uh. And at some point I said, well, why aren't there bedtime stories for grownups? So like kids like bedtime stories. And I know adults like bedtime stories because I've told adults bedtime stories before. And I was like, huh, like maybe I could do that as a podcast. And, and so uh, I, I just started doing it very slowly with no experience and no audience and no expectations except for like my internal critic and my anxieties and stuff and, and some unrealistic expectations. And I just took it like uh one episode at a time. And I think I just released episode 434 or five. So it's been a, it's been a, it's been a journey. I got to imagine that just one that just feels amazing as an accomplishment. Do you ever feel like you're sort of pinching yourself when you see yourself on like iTunes, like top podcasts, like, like frequently, like you're regularly up there. It's like sometimes the number one podcast. I, I always am like in disbelief. The concrete thing I always take away from it is like, like that little kid in me is like, wow, like uh, more impressive thing to me is that I've been following through on it because I've had a history of not following through on projects, of starting projects and giving up or, or you know, being over, overly critical. And at some point with the podcast, I was like, you know what, like uh, just doing that for myself and showing myself that uh, I can follow through and stuff, like that's worth like $10 million. I, I mean, and, and all the other stuff is like gravy and help being able to do that and help people fall asleep. is like, it's a dream I never had, but it feels like I'm living a dream. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's incredible. And I know, I mean, you have an active Facebook group. Did you start it or does like, did listeners start it? Like how, how did that come out, come about? 
Yeah, it was like uh, two listeners. They were separate, like separately emailing me and, and like, oh, could we do a forum or are you going to do a forum or some sort of way for the listeners to talk to each other? And like, you know, for making a podcast, like it, it, between my day job and the podcast, there's like very little time. Mm-hmm. And then on top of it being kind of a person wired for, for overthinking and stuff <laughs> like that. Like it, it's a, and one thing I have learned is kind of say no, or maybe not no, but like, I'm not sure, like both listeners, I was like, I, I don't think I can find the time to do that. And they said, well, we'll do it. And I said, well, that's great. Cause like, then it'll be you starting it. And these two listeners who didn't even know each other uh, and they come from like totally different walks of life, like started the Facebook group. And it, it's been like a listener run thing for just listeners to go and talk about the show, but also talk about, hey, it's, uh, you know, because when it's like two in the morning in Australia, like some people are on their lunch in the U.S. So it's like, uh, no, no, it, it's, it's been really touching to kind of see people make friends and, and support each other there. No, that's, that's awesome. You know, a big part of this podcast is the community that's built around it. But it's a community that I kind of built. So I'm a little bit envious of the fact that you just like people are just like, yeah, they're, they want to do this community and have built it. And it's been, uh, it's been really cool to to watch and you call the the, the moderators they're moderators right yeah the moderators i don't know if they came up with that or i came up with that but it definitely fits like uh i don't know ideally the listeners are always nodding off uh when they listen to my show i mean, I, I rarely probably make it past the intros drew i mean it's uh which is great i love the intros <laughs> and, it, and then if there's like if i don't want to listen to another i just want to listen to your podcast and you make it three days a week right Yes, what, yeah, it comes out three times a week. What I'll often do is just like scroll to like 20 minutes ahead of the start of an episode. Like if I've already listened to that episode and it's all new to me because I've already fallen asleep by the first 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what some people are like telling me it takes a week to get through one episode. So then I'm like, okay, well, that's like uh, at some point our technology will advance like where everything's communicating and the podcast will just shut off when people are asleep. And then the next night it, it could be like... Uh, Hey, device name, get, start that podcast up. I'm ready to go to sleep, you know. It seems yeah. like it should. I use a, a, an app called Sleep Cycle. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like they should be able to talk to each other. Yeah, I don't think it's that, like there's uh, if then, then mm-hmm. IFTT. Like, I don't think it's that far off. It's just like, uh, it's it's like in a couple of years, you know, I, I, I dream of that Jetsons future where it's like, uh, like walk in the door, the lights come on, you know, music starts playing. You, you, like a, a, a autom- I've watched uh, too, much, too many cartoons. So <laughs> dream of it. And Rosie's there with a steaming turkey or whatever in her belly or wherever, <laughs> wherever, however she produced food. You know, Drew, you're, you're day job. You're a librarian? Yes, yes. So I work in a library. So it's, it's, I guess it's adjacent to the podcast where I'm trying to, you know, provide people with opportunity to uh, follow their interests or their curiosities or be swept away by, you know, fiction or fantasy or whatever. Okay. And so uh, is that what you went to school for? Is it like library sciences or? No, this might be another good one for, for your listeners. Like I've been someone that has been on a career track of, if it was a career track, it'd be like, am I a train or a car? Oh no, I guess I'm a train now. Then I'm, I, well, no, I'm, a, I'm on a career road now. I'm a car. No, I think I'm a career jet. Now I'm in the career skies. So I've had a lot of uh, like job changes and trying to figure out uh, what I wanted to do. And a lot, of, I mean, to be honest, like a lot of like big failures. And uh, this working in a library was something I did on a lark. Like I, uh, 
I don't know, I'd seen a test uh, for like an entry-level library job. And, and this wasn't that long ago, maybe five years ago. And I qualified for the test and uh, I took the test and it took me a while to get in because I didn't have any experience. And then I started working there. I'm like, oh, like, because I always have loved libraries and reading and stuff. Now, you said you have dyslexia though. Yeah, I'm a slow reader. Okay. But like, and, and I think like the good thing about reading for me has been like, it just makes more sight words. So like, or it can be interesting, like if you're reading something in parallel with other people and then you, the character names or the place names, I'm totally like off. And then people I remember when high school, me and my friends read these uh, Dungeons and Dragons books, or maybe, maybe it was in middle school, but in, we were all reading them together. And then my friends started talking about the characters' names, and, and they, they weren't the names I had been saying in my head, and I was so devastated. I'm like, I can't talk to you guys about I could this. I so relate to that. Like, I, I could tell you the stuff that happened in a story, but I couldn't tell you who did what, where they were. Like, so, yeah, I can absolutely – I used to actually write in, in books. Like the, either front or the back, I would create, like, a character log so I can keep track of each character because I was never able to keep track of, of characters. So I definitely relate to that. And I definitely think I have a mild form of dyslexia as well. I mean, I, I swap things around. Like if I read a number that has a repeating digit, like I will write it down the wrong way, like five times in a row, like yeah. four, eight, eight, nine will become four, eight, nine, nine. And I'll repeat that over and over and over again. It's a little maddening, but you know, you begin to laugh at yourself and, and find the other strategies around it. Right. Yeah. You just got to find a coping strategy for sure. So the, your, your coworkers, uh, are they familiar with your podcast? Not real. Like, so for the most, like when I'm at work, I definitely take on a work persona mm -hmm. and uh, I guess like, a, like an introverted person in general, like it, it, the podcast kind of comes across like a much more at ease and comfortable than I am in day-to-day -day life. So I, for a while, I, I even when I started the podcast, I didn't even tell my family I had started the podcast. Like my, my brother, I have like uh, five siblings and I, I didn't tell any of them just because it was like, uh, I don't know, I get, like, like I knew my self-critic was my worst enemy mm -hmm. and, and I was too afraid that someone would like, uh, and, and this was probably a wrong assumption that like someone would kind of say something and then I would kind of be like, oh, and, and kind of give up. And I guess the same thing at work, it's like, uh, but, but people at work are starting, like it was just in the works newsletter recently. So the <laughs> word about the podcast is out. Oh, is it? it's out there. Yeah, I think like at work, they're like uh, the quiet, I have more of those people that are like, oh, the quiet people, are, they're always the ones to keep your eye on the trouble, you know, because <laughs> I'm always pretty quiet at work. I think I shared with you uh, when we were talking a little while back that my, I turned my grandma onto your podcast and it was just, it was really, you know, it's very endearing when my, my grandma, like she tells them that she listens to my podcast. I was like, you do? I'm like, Oh no, what did I say? Uh, and, then, <laughs> and then she said, yeah, I really like his podcast, but I think he, he has some different issues. I think that that boy does. Oh yeah. <laughs> Grandmother's a wise woman. She's very perceptive. I got a lot of issues. So how do you decide sort of what to share about yourself on, on the show? Like how has that process been for you? It's, it's, that's uh, been like a tough uh, process that I'm constantly kind of evaluating. And I think it's the nature of podcasts that uh, people, like people are listening to you in earbuds, like close to their brain. Right. And, and then the nature of the show, like people are lying in bed and they're trusting me. And so at some point I had to be like, uh, if I'm going to keep doing this, I have to trust the audience or, or at least take that leap uh, of like letting my guard down a little bit more 
And it was just something I did a little bit at a time. And, and there's still things like, especially at a sleep podcast, like stuff I wouldn't disclose or talk about. Mm-hmm. I think it comes down to like stuff like your show. It, it's like, uh, even if people aren't suffering from the same things, it's like people want to feel related and, and, and seeing like other people struggling or dealing with their struggles or finding coping skills it's like, uh, I think it triggers this relatability thing or compassion or empathy and it connects people. And I think that's something, especially now that, that people really desire, but it's not easy. And, and, and believe me, there's been a lot of times I've like hit stop on record and just held my head in my hands and been like, I can't believe, I can't possibly release that or I can't, po- like that was so terrible or so embarrassing. And, and then I've listened to it. And then be like, well, no, it's not the it's not the end of the world. Like, uh, l- let's go ahead and do it. Okay. Yes. Have there been things that you haven't released? Uh, Probably stuff, but but like again, I'm trying to keep in mind the audience too, and like not trying to overshare where mm-hmm. it triggers anybody's like anything that would keep people up. Like, I'm right. trying to find things. Uh, I don't know. It's tough because it's kind of, my show's kind of unfiltered. That that I guess I got to kind of go with my what bubbles <laughs> out of my subconscious too. So, yeah. So maybe you can bubble a little bit for us. Uh, give, give listeners uh, who may have never heard your podcast a, a little maybe sample of, uh, of what they might hear. Maybe, uh, and I'll be, begin. how do you introduce your podcast? Because you like mumble and, and ramble on right out of the gate. Yeah, so. Which is a compliment, by the way. <laughs> thank you. I took it as a compliment. I guess like uh, to, to like the podcast is a little bit goofy. You could hear Eric laughing. So it's like, uh, it, it's odd. But yeah, because it starts out like, uh, hey, you're only tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep. Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. And then I might ramble on with the intro. And if it was an episode, I'd be like, yeah, it's, uh, in, you know, trying to picture Eric's office, uh, you know, it's, it's where he records the podcast that you listen to. Uh, and, you know, I'm watching the clock tick, tick, tick as time passes. And I'm scanning his bookshelf. As I scan his bookshelf, there's an octagon that catches my eye. And I wonder, what does that octagon symbolize? Is, a, is it a symbol of something that Eric loves or is it something bigger? And then I look above it and I say, is that a glass bobble? And then I say, what bobble? How do you say bobble? B, is that, and how do you spell bobble? B-A-U-B. And it's close to bubble and a bobble in a bubble. So that's, that would be like a, the start of an episode <laughs> there. That was awesome, Bray. That just made my day right there. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm going to just, I'm going to capture that and just play that on loop and fall asleep to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and that's what I love about it. Cause you know, people with ADHD, we're so often like very weird. We think in relationships, right? So we are not linear thinkers. We, we think like how things connect to each other and we may make comments about things that in our mind, we see how they connected, but you know, the people around us are like, what are you talking about? How did you get there? And, and I love that the, so much of your podcast is you're just doing that out loud. You're making connections, your idea connections, and it's unfiltered, as you said. And I, I just think it's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I think like a big portion of it uh, is like keeping my internal critic at bay and just like giving myself the space to let what catches my attention, like like with this example, it's like 
Huh, what is that over Eric's shoulder? There's like something that's octagonal, something that's like shiny. And it's like, oh, something shiny caught my eye. Like, uh, and then starting to like, like let my brain say, huh, what is that? Like, like and just going that way. But believe me, yeah. But my internal critic is like, oh boy, this is going to be t- What are you thinking? What, what? Like the whole t- but you share that time. sometimes too. Like when you're going off, like, oh man, I can't believe I just share that. Uh, what, what are they going to think? When I listen to some of that, I wonder if that has helped you in a lot of ways, uh, you know, overcome some of the perfectionism um, that I know that, that you know, I, I struggle with at times. And I know a lot of my listeners struggle with. Yeah. I mean, especially communicating with listeners and then reflecting and then recording the podcast. It's like in like on my own journey of, of like, you know, dealing with my own issues. It's like uh, these parts of us, whether it's the critic or some whatever terms or whatever things you're struggling with for the most part, they kind of see themselves as these guardians. Like, like my internal critic, if you sat down and interviewed him, he'd be like, Oh, I'm the best thing Drew's got going. Like, I'm just trying to, he goes, you know how unsafe the world is out there. I need to protect him. And it's like, okay, well, what is your protection strategy? Well, to break him down and I need to break him down and keep him in the house. Like, uh, and realize the world is full of danger. And it's like, okay, well, wait, maybe that mech coping mechanism is not based in reality. Okay. So you have good intentions, but you have like a poor way of dealing with it. And then like, I mean, I can't become totally sympathetic, but like, these, they're these maladjusted things that are trying to help us. And in some sense, they're kind of doing the opposite uh, sometimes. Like that's when I call them brain bots. It's like these little droids like zooming around in our brains and they, they don't have an off button. And maybe they like, uh, I guess not at this point, but I'm kind of on that journey to be like, hey, maybe you're the one that needs my attention, critic. Maybe you're the one I need to protect you or, or, or like reparent you or, or something. So yeah, it's like, uh, and then I think the podcast and this kind of stuff has kind of started me of like, oh, is this what empathy and compassion really are when people talk about that and seeing these things in other people? Or I don't know, and being curious about that, I guess. Hmm. No, it's it's a, uh, it's, it's a, first of all, that was a great, like how you just went into your, your how your brain bots talk to you and how, what you call it. <laughs> So it's. I think that what you provide, um, besides the, the the soothing tones, is I think you give voice to a lot of the things that a lot of people think, but like aren't sure how to say or are afraid to say. And I think that, and as you mentioned, podcasting. I think there's more and more of that. We're we've never been more connected yet disconnected at the same time. And I think that uh, your show, my show, the work of like Brene Brown, and talking about how we need to be sharing this kind of information and, and these experiences as a way to um, really to, to help with issues of, of shame and feeling like we're, we're alone. I and mean, there's no worse feeling, I think, than feeling like we're the only one going through something. Yeah, that, that you just nailed it. Like, because it's like, and I think about this memory that I carry with me of like being alone in my room and just feeling all alone. And, and I wasn't physically alone. I shared the room with my brother and I wasn't, my parents were like upstairs, like, uh, but still, I mean, and it's part of the human condition is like, oh man, I mean, I don't want to get too deep to kind of sleepless nights, but it's like, are we really alone or not? But we desire that connection and it, it, it feeds us. And at the same time, part of us like brain bots or whatever, want us to deny that because it feels dangerous, like to, to let our guard down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the shame thing too, it's like, 
I mean, with my troubles in school and those kind of things, it's like, or, or just even being, I, I hear this a lot from listeners. I joke a lot about it on the show. It's like when you go to work, if you can't sleep, or I'm sure people are dealing with ADHD, when you share that, people say, well, just want, why don't you pay better attention then? <laughs> it's like, no, 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 this is something I'm dealing with. But yeah. It, it, why don't you just take a breath and focus then? And it's like, that's it, just, and, and I don't think the people realize how much that hurts. Yeah. But it just makes you feel like, uh, you know, I've been dealing with this and feeling like there's something wrong with me. And, and this is just who I am. And, and I'm just doing the best job I can like you. So, like, I think like having podcasts and having communities where you can hear that, oh, this person's dealing with that too. Like, I'm not defective or, you know, like, like I'm not male, like adapted to deal with the world. Like, I'm just trying to do the best I can. And And if we can maybe learn and progress or evolve or whatever you want to use it's like and help each other along the way i think like i guess at least it gives us stuff to grasp onto versus the shame or because i mean for me that kind of stuff it just wants to like weigh me down and mm-hmm. uh, get in the fetal position and, and uh you know not, not get out of bed <laughs> i can just imagine so many listeners just going oh my like me too you know it's just you know, the, the solutions though to ADHD, you know, you should just write a list or keep a calendar because that, if you just do that, that will take care of all these challenges that we have. Because <laughs> yeah, haven't you heard of getting things done? Why don't you just do that? Right. And it's like, oh boy, that's the worst possible. <laughs> have you read that book? Like, uh, like holy cow, I, I tried to go down that road and I got buried in boulders. <laughs> <laughs> No, and stuff like that. There's certainly there's nuggets of of wisdom and truth that we can pull from it. But I think you have to have a a approach to taking information like that, and you know, leave what doesn't work for you at the door, and and take what works for you. So I want to talk. You know, speaking of getting things done, um, you do three podcasts a week, and you plan a lot for these podcasts. So. Walk us through, because you have different themed shows, right? T- tell us a little bit about the, the sort of the themes uh, for your shows and sort of how you do that and then your your work process. I'm, I'm kind of amazed by this. Okay, so, so I'll front load this by saying I don't recommend this and it's very healthy and overwhelming. So this is the recommendation of what not to do if you want to start a podcast. I, I mean, I would start small with everything, right? Like... And I've had to learn ways to sustain the amount of work that goes in the show. But so I have three different themed shows that come out a week. One is kind of TV show recap. And then one is like a story I usually make up on the spot, similar to like looking around your office. And then another one is like a written show, like where it's uh, like softly scripted, like outlined and re-outlined. And uh, the thing is like, those like offer the listeners like three different kind of flavors to fall asleep to. And some people might like one thing and some people might like another thing. It also offers me, I think those all three things use different parts of my brain and different like, like, like things. Cause it's like the TV shows. Now this is a level of obsession, but I watch this through show three times a week. So in order to get enough material. So I watch the show and I'm taking notes and taking notes and taking notes and just trying to find stuff that piques my curiosity. Uh, so there's a lot of like back effort into it with the goal of like, when someone listens to the show, they should think there's no effort. Like with my podcast, 
I d- unfortunately, I guess it's a catch 22. Like when someone listens to it, it just sound like I'm sitting at the foot of their bed and I've put no work in. I'm just breezing in and telling a story. That's the work for the Sunday shows. The Tuesday shows, it's more about like uh, experience and then paying attention for good story ideas. And then they can take a little bit longer to like edit and record. And then the Thursday shows, it's just like every day I might commute to and from my day job. I'm like writing, writing, writing. I think it's just sustainable because since they use different skill sets, like I, I don't think I could do any of those more than once a week, any of those style episodes. Like it would just be, it would just sap too much energy. And then there's also that it comes out three times a week is the deadline, which has become a, a source of miracles for me. Isn't it amazing? It's yeah. a- I mean, you're like 400 something. I'm at 130 something. And to me, that is like, the fact that I've never missed a release day is incredible to me. Like, is you know, when I think about like, you know, Everest's, you know, for our accomplishments, like the fact that I have been doing this for over two years and have never missed an episode, like, I'm on top of the mountain right there. Like, I'm, yeah, I keep looking. I'm like, how have I got up here? Like, how did I do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, like, it, it's like to get to 100 episodes and then be over it, it's like, it, it, when you know how much work goes into it, it it's like so impressive. And and then the key takeaway is like it's all small steps. It's all like those da- those daily things you have to do to get your show ready, to recording, to then dealing with like you were talking about your computer before. It's like oh my computer died. I still got to find a way to get out of episode. And it's like it shows commitment to your to the people in your community and that listen to your show. That it's like you know. I, I'm going to be there uh, to, to keep this content coming. And I don't know, like it, it just, I think like it focuses your brain in some way for me, like people are like, well, how do you get creative like that? Or, or how do you come up? And I'm like, well, I have to come up with that. Like, it's like the deadline, the show's coming out. Like, and I don't have, like I'm doing it at night and on the weekend. So that's the time, like I'm recording a show on uh, Sunday, whether I have stuff or not, like it needs to get recorded. So part of me will get creative real fast yeah, so deadlines are have been a, a powerful powerful part of uh, well, it's, it's, works. it's deadlines with the power of accountability i mean that's to me that, that's what i think it is it's like if i just told myself that i was going to do something this once a week like that's going to be one result if i you know i have you know thousands of people who listen and they're expecting a new episode every week like that to me is that that's like the secret sauce that keeps me going yeah. And I think what you did earlier, like in being fostering more things like that is to celebrate like and be proud of yourself. Like it is like you really did accomplish something that very few people do. And that's very hard. Like and that took a lot of like labor and it was consistent, like steady labor that, that, that got you there. Not just like, oh, I'm just going to like uh, instantly hit number 140. Like after like through, I don't know, it's not possible. And like to think like how things have evolved to like, it, it should add another layer of pride to it. Yeah. How many people do you have working uh, and helping you on the podcast? So I have two freelance editors that work with the show. And then Jonathan Mann, uh, he does lullabies for the show. What is he like? So, so just correct. Cause you know, I, I listen to his stuff. I'm like, this guy's a character too. Like what, what is he like? He's like, it's been interesting because we just kind of met like, uh, like I was a fan of his and then he had kind of said, and we were trying to find a way to work together. And he, he's like a very optimistic, upbeat person, which I tend not to be. So it's like, uh, 
but like it's good to have someone that's kind of different than you when you're talking about because you know, we're trying to figure out like how to pay for all the work that goes into the show mm-hmm. like sponsors and stuff and it's like uh so it takes someone with like a positive or or that's offers well that's one way to look at it but here's another way to look at it you know like just like a, a good good partner or spouse or, or something like that it's like okay i can hear what you're saying and how you're seeing the situation but here's my perspective it, and that's a powerful thing to have somebody when you're working with somebody so the notion of like him singing a jingle basically it's like a lullaby jingle yeah, uh, about him like you like hiring him to commission a song. It's like it's such an odd concept that like it just it's intriguing. Yeah, like and that's how he makes his living is like making doing songwriting for people and businesses. And uh, so so it, it was like something when we talked about it, we were like we both were like loved grew up watching TV. So we were like, oh man, like remember jingles like. And we were like, is there a way to do that with a lullaby? Like that fits with the spirit of the show. That's fun. And we were like, oh man, let's bring back jingles. We need to bring back jingles, man. Like, so yeah. And uh, he's got, he's been writing a song a day for years and years and years. And uh, like, so he has developed all that skill set. So he can, you know, I give him a topic or we talk about some ideas and then he comes up with uh, like something different almost every single time. Yeah, no, it's 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 amazing. I want to talk to you about anchoring. You give your listeners towards the beginning of the show a, a call to action to, to do something. And getting people to take action on a podcast is inherently challenging because they, you can't click your audio. Um, they have not invented that technology yet, but I have my imagination has uh, you know seen it all come to life where it's you know it's like show show audio and you can just click the air and it, it takes you to where you want to go if you had the same kind of visualization too no but that'd be very convenient like that would be awesome like if it was above their bed and they just say oh tap that link yeah that'd be great you know those like those clocks that will like project like the, the, the image of the clock you could do something like that like, out of your earbud a little image will come out you can just you know so uh, i've clearly thought about this for too long um so you so you there's that challenge with podcasts of getting people to to take an action that you're trying to get them to take, but you're trying to get people to take action while they're like trying to fall asleep, and so you use these anchors, right? So you're like, uh, remember when you go to the the, um, the refrigerator, remember think refrigerator, think refrigerator, and um, um, oh, what 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 does what Scoots want me to do? He he wanted me to, uh, uh, oh, oh yeah, uh, go to Patreon, and um, um, so the refrigerator, Patreon. Hey, remember that in the morning and. How how was that by the way? That's pretty good. I was really I was really like eagerly wanting to do that. <laughs> yeah. I'm about to fall asleep here and go sponsor myself on Patreon. Oh my god! It's like you're my podcast superhero. <laughs> my honor. What I think we should do is uh, I'd like to take a quick break so I can kind of uh, regroup and um, when you when we come back we're gonna have you sit and. ADHD rewired hot seat and uh, we're going to give you some coaching. Okay, awesome. All right, we will be right back. Turn good intention into amazing actions with the ADHD Rewired Coaching and Accountability Group. This virtual video-based group coaching program meets three times a week. Improve your productivity, develop better habits, experience the true power of supportive accountability from members of our own tribe. Learn, grow, and connect. Learn more at ADHDrewired.com. I hope to see you there. That's ADHDrewired.com. 
Health.com and prepare to get your ADHD rewired. All right, we are back with Drew Ackerman. Did I get it right? Excellent. All right. Anytime there's two ways to pronounce a name, as soon as I say it, my own brain bots are going, wait, which yeah. way was it? And then it's like, yeah, I can just keep going off on that. Again, if, if you ever need a fill-in for your show, uh, feel free to give me a call. I can, I can go off on tangents all day long. <laughs> all right. How can we help you, Drew? What, what's an issue that uh, you would like some help with? Well, it, it was talked about. I, I, like, There's a lot of work that goes into making the podcast in I have these to-do lists that like will get get up to thousands of pages. So then I'll throw those to-do lists out and then I'll be like, well, let me go with a simpler to-do, you know, let me just come up with, and then I get stuck with like the feeling of like either I haven't done enough or I'm never going to get done. And also I do find that if it's not written down, then I'll lose focus. Like, or even between tasks, sometimes I lose focus. Like, okay, I know I have to get the show out. Like, uh, so that's a crushing thing to get done. But then when I move into like the softer things that aren't deadline related or stuff like that, or like stuff that it's like, oh, I'd like to get that done. I, I tend to uh, get pretty lost. And at the end of the day, I kind of feel like, uh, man, I didn't, I didn't get enough done today. Like uh, shame or whatever creeps in, you know, you know how. Do you, has there ever been a time where you feel like you did get enough done? Oh boy, we're going deep now. I don't know if they're like, uh, I mean, sometimes lately I've like uh, gotten a little bit better if I've been like, okay, these are the three most important things. I felt good about it, but like, uh, I don't know. It's been tough. It's like one of my issues is like feeling satisfied or whatever. Okay. And I can totally relate to that that issue of uh, it's always one more thing that we can do that, that one more thing itis right it's like I'm, I'm gonna be done for the day all right just one more thing all right just one more thing so a couple of things that you said is that you have a, a to-do list that um can get up to hundreds of pages long which i assume is a little bit of a stretch but maybe maybe yeah. 100 items long that, yeah, that oh, 100 items it's easy yeah so then you said that you'll you'll focus on three things for the day how do you determine what what you're going to be focusing on when you uh, write some of these things down? Okay, this is another layer. Probably if I pick three things, it's like, okay, today will be, a, like, if I don't get these three things done, today will end in disaster. Like, if I don't get the stuff done to have the show out or make sure files are uploaded, uh, like, those are usually, like, things that, if it doesn't get done, like, uh, to be publicly accountable, like almost, or I'll be letting someone, like I won't be fulfilling an obligation or something that I've made to someone else. Okay. What are the things that you are wanting to get done that seem to keep uh, getting pushed to tomorrow? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I guess like I, I tend to like just get this to-do list that's so long that it's like, it, it, it almost feels like it's scrolling in my brain. And then I'm like, well, okay, let's just pick number seven. Number seven, like we'll, we'll do that for the Patreon patrons. And then like, then the next day it's like scrolling like that, like after I get the first three things done and then I'm like, oh, and it makes it tough for me to build up momentum on other projects uh, because it's like I'm bouncing and bouncing and bouncing around. Okay. So what are you currently using right now as a way to keep track of, the, of your tasks? I, I don't think I've settled on it. <laughs> like I either use pen and paper or 
I've been trying Todoist, like I've been using it with like, uh, you know, voice stuff, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't have a system that I've like, like that I feel satisfied. I mean, I definitely writing it down helps me a mm-hmm. lot. And then like uh, rewriting it down sometimes, uh, like if I change the work locations or something. Okay. Yeah, so pen and paper probably is the best, I don't know, just burn something in my brain, I think. And my listeners know that that I've spent, I, I should have invested a while ago in Apple stock for the amount of apps that I've downloaded for you know productivity base. I mean, it's it's humorous how many apps that I actually have downloaded and have tried uh, for a week or two. And then, you know, and it, what, what has happened is I come to the realization that when I have a hundred items on my to-do list app and I keep downloading a new app, the realization sort of hits you when you look at like your, your iTunes log of all the apps, like, you know, maybe it's not the app. Yeah. And so what I, um, and I agree, things have to be written down right now. I use this little four by six Moleskin notebook for, mm-hmm. for my tasks. Right. And I, and I really emphasize the right now because yet like you need to have stuff written down and you need to sort of know where that stuff is. Right. But, tend to get bored of stuff and so and, and that's okay so if you're starting to feel like oh, i'm getting kind of bored of this this system you know it's okay to switch to a, another tool because it's not about the tool per se it's about how you're using a specific tool so if you get a new whiteboard and like that's that's like going for you for a while like go with it until it's not going for you anymore then you switch to, to something else i like that because it kind of takes the pressure off of like uh this is going to be the, like, a, I remember every once in a while when I had trouble with school, my dad would be like, okay, we'll buy you a new trapper keeper or something. Maybe that, and that's going to change everything. And, and and I still have that as an adult. I'm like, okay, this is going to be the thing that changes everything. And it, just like you said, it like, it uh, becomes cyclical where this is like, what's going to work for me this week or this month? Yeah. Because if you can stick with something for, for a month or two, I mean, that's, that's fine. Like just being aware. So I'm always mindful of, okay, when am I going to get bored of this thing? And so I can make my switch. I, I created a whole like video series about this notebook that I set up and I use it for like probably a year and a half. It's so, like four minutes, like, which is, I mean, that's its own Everest right there. Right. But like, I'm not using that anymore, but the concepts within it, I'm still using. Right. So I have a place where I have my quarterly and monthly kind of goals, so the, the bigger things. And then I have the place where I have my, my kind of daily, weekly goals. And so what I think is really important, now let me ask you this. Do you have a place where you have like bigger goals for yourself written out? No, I mean, I, I, have, I still have like like a set of goals that I made, I think, when I was like uh, – like much younger that I, sometimes I'll like, refer like, to it. like 13 younger or like probably in my twenties, okay. but probably. And, uh, but I'll more look at it for a lot. I guess like if it feels like, uh, maybe it's something I could return to, but in the past, it's just been a source of kind of like, uh, the to-do list where it's like just this thing looming over my head and, and it makes me like, now want to think about it. Have you ever declared a to-do list bankruptcy? I guess I've gone to do list bankrupt. I don't know if I've declared it, but uh, like, well, I don't know what happened to that to do list. It's gone, uh, or, or I'll tune it out. Like whatever app I've used is be like, okay, I'm just gonna ignore. It. I've like uh, that alarm means nothing to me. If I have not pop up in my face, I, I I don't even I won't even acknowledge you. There, there, there's there are apps that like you can't ignore. 
like re- there's ones that you have to actually like scan something. So you can like program the the only way to shut the alarm off is to scan like a specific like uh, barcode or UPC code or QR code, and so it's like you it will keep going off like every thirty seconds or every minute, or it'll like you'll you'll either throw your phone at the wall, or you'll get up and do that task that you're like your phone's begging you to do. I think I would look up the founders headquarters, headquarters <laughs> of the company probably. If I know myself, I'd get in the car and head over there. So. I, so do you ever uh, do you ever do any mind mapping? Probably similar. Like, I mean, especially when I'm like breaking a story for the week, like I'll be like uh, the story of my writing doesn't start on Monday, but if it was today, like I would just start with concepts and I'd be like, okay, where's this episode and what's happening and, and what, what, it, what is the like conflict? Like, so very kind of open it and then trying to find connections or stuff that resonates. Okay. And so you do that like visually, you'll put like a theme in the middle and then you'll branch out different things and have those things branch. Yeah. I mean, I guess with stories, it's kind of trying to find like two ideas that are like in counterpoint. So I'll have like a kind of top and a bottom. And then I like to use steno pads because they have the thing down the middle and then I can use one side and then make notes on the other side, like as, as thoughts hit me. So one thing that you might want to look at is using something similar to that for uh, tracking and, and, and looking at what, what are your, your goals, right? So you know, if you want, you can revisit and blow the dust off that, that old uh, you know, one from your, your 20s, or you can create something new. And, and often one of the things that I will do, usually once a year, is I will start fresh with a new mind map. And then after I get everything out of my head about the things that I want to get done, then I'll revisit the mind map that I did like three months ago and see, did it, was there anything actually didn't make it onto this this new mind map? Because that, for me, is sort of telling that maybe this actually isn't that important anymore. Yeah. Um, and so it's giving yourself sort of permission. Um, and I like to use mind mapping software because it's you can really easily move things around, kind of change the relationships within sort of how things are related. And one of the nice things when you're doing planning using mind mapping is dump out every single idea you have, which can in a sense, be overwhelming in, in one sense. But, you know, our, our ability to manipulate all of these ideas and information in our head, like it's sort of like looking at a mind map through a, a straw, right? Like yeah. you can't look, you can't see it all. It's not possible in our head, right? But when we can see it visually and kind of work with it and play with it and mold it like a, you know, you know that, that like that brand new fresh thing of Play-Doh where it's so moldable and fresh. Yeah, yeah clean and no hard chunks in there yeah you know versus like versus that like that old piece of play-doh that was like stuck under your fingernail like that's not fun you can't do anything with that you know right i I have a a five-year-old and we were playing play-doh this morning and i just happened to notice a little bit of play-doh stuck under my fingernail i i see i I would get in trouble at school for eating play-doh so so it's no longer traumatic it's podcast material for me the teachers would be like, why did you eat that diorama? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. I just did. Like, uh, so I, I, got, I got a Play-Doh craving. I might have to go to the 99 cent store later. You know, there's, there's an actual condition called pica. It's a re- the eating of non-edible um, things. You know, that's a thing. Yeah, I was more a taster, I guess, uh, as an adult. Like, but as a kid, I would always have to taste everything. Like, it'd be like, "This smells like apples. Does it taste like it? A- nope, does it not taste like apples? It's like soap and poison." Uh, I think I've mostly grown out of it. 
It's it's good. You know, you're you're making progress here. Yeah. So let's 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 keep let's keep you on on the path here for progress. So if you were to create this this mind map, get everything out of your head. There's a, a quote that I really like from uh, from Stephen Covey, and he says, "You can do anything, but you can't do everything." Hmm. To me, because I'm like I have a hundred ideas, and I like my my gut and my the, my impulse is to jump on the the coolest thing and do like three of those things. And then that came up with another idea. Now I'm pursuing that. And so if I just went based on what my like my natural tendencies are, I have no idea where I'd be today because I wouldn't be here talking to you. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of creating that vision for yourself of what what it is that you want to be doing and keep sort of checking in with that and keep saying, all right, is am I on track to where I want to be going? Do I still want to be going in this direction. I think that's one of the, the things about longer term goal setting that I think uh, you know, it frightens a lot of people. It's like, well, what if I don't want to do that in five years? It's like, okay, then you make an intentional decision based <laughs> on where you're at to change course. And that's, that's great. You know, it's like, so it's, I look at it's the, you know, there's no plans that are set in stone. So if you have to create this mind map and you have like a hundred ideas and you're like, okay, like I could accomplish this maybe all before I die, but this is not happening this week. Right. And so you can then put them, the, the different items into uh, kind of categories. It can even be like next three months. And then everything else is you put a date on it and say, look at this specific date and then maybe create a calendar reminder for yourself to go back to look at that Maya map and open up that bubble that said, look at these items, you know, again, after this date. So you don't have to, it doesn't take up space because you know it's captured in a safe place that you're going to go back and, and revisit. Okay. Okay. So when you do your planning, do you plan like every day? Is it like an intentional planning time or it's like just as kind of things come to you, you put things down? How, how do you do it? Well, I have like the, the show, the show prep stuff is pretty well planned out. So it's like, uh, I have like tasks that I do every single day that have to get done. And if I, if, if I'll do longer term, like I have, so I have uh, two calendars, like the big ones. And, and so I'll have this month and next month on the calendars, I have the episode release numbers, like uh, what's been recorded, what's been edited, you know, any, and then I'll write questions on there and stuff. So, so like, uh, and I so take a content calendar. Yeah. And I take pictures of it. So like I have it at work. If, if so, if I do get off focus or I'm like, or, or I get ahead, I'm like, okay, like what's the next file? Like, uh, or like, where is that file? And, uh, that helps too. If like, I'm going to be out of town or traveling to just like, no, oh, that work is done. It's already taken care of. Okay. You said you have two calendars. What's, what's your other calendar? So it's just so I can see visually, like, so right now up there, I have September and then I just have October. So two months, what you're saying. Yeah, okay. so, I, so I can see them. So I don't have to, like, I just bought two of the same calendar, so I don't have to move the pages so that when I'm standing there, I can see two months at one time. So let, let me ask you this. So um, the, the way I tend to be is, you know, in my, my work world, I do a pretty good job with managing projects and, uh, and kind of keeping balls in the air and, you know, for, I drop a couple here and there, but for the most part, I do pretty good. At home, I, I can't say I bring all this, these skill sets home with me to the, the chagrin of my poor wife. She's amazing. So I'm wondering, do you find that in the world of your podcast where I think you're highly motivated to, to kind of keep this going, that the planning and doing all of that, like, it sounds like you're sort of doing okay in that arena. 
is it the everything else that's you're struggling with or is there there's still like other things about the podcast that you're still kind of struggling to keep up with yeah i actually think they're they're in parallel so i guess like a, a broader answer would be like i'm a person that does really well in crisis situations like you throw me in a crisis and i'll be as calm it, like if there's like 30 things going and stuff is like people are crying and i can handle that no problem like I'll be, people are always like at work, they're like, well, how'd you stay so calm? I'm, I'm like, well, I can deal with the crisis. I can't deal with the non-crisis situations. So similar with like home and the podcast, it's like the stuff that if it doesn't get done, it'll be a disaster I can handle. But it's like, especially for the podcast, it's the things to build in financial sustainability and long-term sustainability. Those are the things that tend to suffer because they're not like they're almost, they're not a luxury, but part of me is like, oh, well, that's just a luxury. We'll get to that. Or we can focus on that when, when we have time to focus. Okay, so it's, it's not creative, right? Is that part of the challenges? It's more like, a, I mean, maybe we're getting into this shame situation. It's like, oh, well, this, this is stuff you're obliged to do or that, that has to get done versus like, this would be nice for, or I guess like to, to bring it to a, a a housing metaphor or something like it, the same thing I struggle with is like, like I can clean, but I, and I, I'm not like super cluttered, but like to have my living space, like where I'm like, ah, this is so Zen like and relaxing. I can't get to that point, you know, where, where, and it, and it, uh, yes. I, yeah, it's like, uh, I'm looking at my desk. I'm trying to find like a, a blank spot and I'm not really. Yeah. Finding <laughs> so the, the shame, the, the notion of we feel like we're never doing enough. Uh, have you listened or read any of uh, Brene Brown's work? No, you 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 had told me about it a little bit, but I, I, ha I have not. Yeah, if if, you, if there's one thing you take away from this conversation, like I, that I think would do you a world of good, is to to listen to her her work or read. Do you prefer to re to read or listen? I think I like like probably read is easier for me because but with the podcast I'm like listening to edit so much, but then like I found like lately that. I like to read something and then listen to the audiobook like a couple weeks later while I'm doing tasks and it helps me get some tasks done sometimes. Okay. It reinforces some of the stuff. Okay. You know, for, for me um, and listeners know that I, I wonder if listeners ever play a drinking game, like about like how many times I bring up Brene Brown's name. Cause I, <laughs> I have certain friends who are like, Oh, you mentioned her again, or you had a whole episode without mentioning her name. It was amazing. <laughs> if only you had a quarter for every time you said right. it. Like because her, the impact that she's had on my life, and I think that for so many listeners, has been so powerful. And one of the things that she talks about, she has these 10 guideposts for, for wholehearted living. And one of them is letting go of uh, productivity as a measure of our self-worth. Hmm. And like to me, like, that was something that was just, it was, uh, just really perspective shifting. Um, and it's something that I still work on, right? So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not there yet. I may always be working on it. Um, but it's knowing that that's like a thing, you know, that there's language to that and like, oh, like that's why I'm like, I would pull these crazy all nighters and work to myself where like, it seems crazy is because I'm fighting for my self-worth. And it's like, when you start to realize that it kind of causes you to pause and say, okay, like you're enough. And that's a big part of her message too, is knowing that no matter what you do or don't do, like you are enough and you're worthy of love and belonging. You know, and I think that's so, so important when we're fighting for our worthiness, you know, it's like, that's a mindset fight, right? And it's not a fight right. you actually have to show up for. 
Right. I mean, it seems like the message is like, uh, well, two things is like progress, not perfection. Uh, And then I notice sometimes when I slip into stuff like that, it's like, oh, wait, I'm trying to attain something that's unattainable here anyway. Like, what am I doing? Like, I'm just uh, chasing my tail. Like, if if you already have it, why, why are you working so hard to get control over acquiring it or something? or acquire it externally by these tasks. Editing. You said that you edit your show. How much time do you spend editing your show? Well, now I have guys that do it, but I'll still listen to the show. I usually listen to it after it's recorded, before it's edited, and then after they edit it, I'll listen to it again. And then after I do run it through like the last uh, thing, and I don't know if I'll listen to the whole show, but I'll probably listen to at least like 50%. Like, so usually, like, even though I'm not editing the shows, I listen to it like three times after it's recorded for sure. What would happen if you cut one of those out? I don't know. Like, I guess like that's a struggle with this kind of stuff. It's like, uh, but I guess being curious, I guess I could try. Like, why I say no, you know? I mean, part of me is like, oh, disaster. I'll tell you what, my critic's like, I'll tell you what'll happen. It's going to fall. So... I, uh, and I've done this a couple of times where being very aware of my own perfectionistic tendencies, and I, I refer to myself as a perfectionist in recovery. Yeah. First time I did this was a very intentional where I allowed for an episode to be released before listening to it. Wow. It was so hard to do. And you know what happened? Nothing. Like, same thing that would have happened if I would have. And I've done that a couple of times and there's been episodes where something happened that I actually had an episode where the editor didn't put the other track in. Like, so it was, I think it was either just me or just my guest. I don't remember which, which ones it didn't mix together. And I didn't listen to it. And you know what happened? I had like eight or 10 listeners, like within the first hour of like being released, message me on Facebook. They're like, either you sound great or your guest sounds great but i'm not sure what the other half of the conversation is i'm like what what huh and so i you know it was an opportunity to fail forward we uploaded i let him know right away he uploaded a new new thing and it was fine you know it's like mistakes happen and and i'm still doing the podcast you know i didn't get like hate mail i actually i got i got love mail people looking out for me like saying you know what i don't know if you know this but it's like oh thank you i didn't know that thanks for looking out for me that's awesome. I, I think I will try it. Like, cause I've been like that with like, uh, like my show to come out at midnight Greenwich mean time, like on the dot, like, which is five o'clock here right now. And a couple of times recently I've been, I've been like similar. I've been like, well, I'm rushing and I don't, and it's, it's not going to come out at uh, five o'clock. It'll come out at six or seven or eight or nine. And it didn't, there was no, there was no disaster. So I guess I could try that with the editing too. So, you know, it's, it, here's a kind of a, a common uh, cognitive behavioral therapy question, and it's, what's the worst thing that could happen? And really try to imagine it, which, you know, I have a feeling you could probably do pretty easily. Yeah. Um, and then ask yourself, could I deal with that? And almost always the answer is yes. Yeah, yeah. You know what t- technique has really worked for me, like, is always a, like one of rating it, like be like, well, how bad is it going to be? And then I'll be like, well, it's going to be a t- if you don't get that thing out of five o'clock, it's going to be a 10 out of 10. It's like, okay, write that down. And then it's like, oh wait, that was a two out of 10, like uh, or a one out of 10, like what it really <laughs> happened. Like I, I've even considered, uh, and I haven't done this yet, but it, it, the thought still crosses my mind to just miss a week just because. 
even when I say that, that, that like it gives me anxiety. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not gonna do it. But, but if it should, I like. And the way I sort of think about it is, if that thought creates so much anxiety that I'm that I'm like doing things that are unhealthy in order to release it, then it actually might be good for the long term for me to actually do that, and for personal growth reasons. Yeah, we got. I think we got to get you a cup that says like WWRBS. Like, what would Renee Brown say? It'd be like, like that you can look at or a sticker to put above your desk and then be like, if I took a week off, okay, WWRBS. I think for you, because you've strung together so many weeks, it's really tough. Like, to think about missing a week, but WW, all you got to ask yourself, WWRBS. Like, come on. That's awesome. She's Eric. Your work, you know, you, you can like, like your, your self-worth is not, I, I guess like it's hard feeling difference between self-worth and pride too. It's like mm-hmm. a accomplishment. And uh, I guess that's when we get into these kind of scarier, more vulnerable places too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it, it is. Um, and I've shared on my podcast before too. I, I um, once had a listener that emailed me. Um, it was, uh, I did this episode a while back or I, was on the brink of not having the release for that episode. And I was uh, going to give this presentation. I was in like a launch. I was just doing the crazy things where I was like in my office until like 2 a.m. every morning, every day for, for like an entire week. And I'm at episode like 47 and I'm like, I don't have any content for my podcast and I have to go now give a talk to uh, to the school. And like, I, then I got to come back here and like work on this video. Like it was just like, what am I doing? And so I, I brought my my uh, recorder in the car, and I created an episode um, named ADHD at 55 miles an hour. And I re- <laughs> and I recorded my and it was just like a rambling like it was pro- it was probably the sleep with me like version of <laughs> this podcast. It was just like I was sharing all like the stuff going on in my head. Like I don't think I finished an entire thought the entire episode. And I had someone that reached out to me that said, like, I'm so glad that you released that episode. I was beginning to to wonder if you actually had ADHD. And, like, every time I share that story, even right now, it gives me kind of goosebumps. And it's because it's like I work really hard at this stuff. And I think acknowledging that is so important. Yeah, when when your guard's down, the door's kind of open. And and, and people, that's great that the listener was able to be like, uh, see this next level of you and, and relate to it. I mean, that's the power of podcasting right there. Drew, let me ask you this. This is maybe the, the harder uh, or one of the hardest questions that I ask the uh, people who are in the hot seat here. So based on what we discussed, is there anything that um, you want to commit to doing? And when can we follow up with you on that? So what, what would you be able to commit to doing? Let's see. I definitely am going to commit to the paper and pen like a, uh, to-do list. I guess like, I, I think like uh, coming up with some sort of uh, like either mind mapping the goals either on paper or using a program because I have like pressing decisions I have to make uh, like around my day job and the podcast. So I think it would be powerful for me to get it all like dumped out in, in, out of my head. Yeah. I could commit to some goals. Like, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, the progress, like of like mapping some of that out and putting it on paper. Okay. So what I'm going to ask you to do as soon as we are off this call is to go back to my website and there's a uh, link for the follow-up call. Um, and in, in the, uh, the fields that you'll fill out, you'll actually write in there what it is that you agreed uh, to, to do. 
I can see like the, the breathing, like, oh, God, I'm feeling uncomfortable. You're kind of unbuttoning your collar this here. This chair's getting pretty hot. Uh, <laughs> okay. Let's see, just heat it up. Now, because I'm such a big fan of your podcast, I, I want to know if I, the, the influential power of, can you release one episode where you cut out one of those re-listens? I could, I could listen, release it to my patrons, I think. I don't know if I could, like, uh, like I don't, I honestly, I don't know, like, because I do the final, yeah, I don't think I could handle that. Like, uh, I could definitely release it to, like, the next, I can promise you this, the next episode my editor sends me should be for Thursday. I will release it early to my patrons without listening to it at all. Uh, and you've never done that before? No, no, no. Yeah. And like, I can uh, tell, like, you're like, oh my God, like, what am I? <laughs> like, there was one time, like, uh, it, it, and this is again, like, uh, unrealistic expectations, but I had released the episode really early to some people that I, I'd mentioned in it. And then another one of the people was like, uh, I can't believe you would say, like, they thought I was using some speech that was like offensive. And they're like, I can't believe you would use speech like that. Don't you, are you going to edit that out? Like, and they had totally like projected it. It was like, no, I said clamshell, like, or something like, like, Oh God. <laughs> and I was like, I go, no, that episode's already edited. Like, I'm like, I'm, so, so it was like, uh, and then I re-listened to it and I was like, I think it must've just been something they were going through, but, uh, like, uh, it, like puts me in this place of like, uh, well, I guess like that, that's imaginary too. It's like people hear what they're going to hear. Like yeah. it's not under control. Like, I, I mean, I'm very control based on making it and making sure I create this place that feels safe and, and welcoming to everybody. Um, if people are hearing, projecting something else, it's not really under my control anyway. I wonder what would happen if you asked your listeners uh, how they would feel if you uh, cut an, an editing stage out so you can create more. Oh, they would say they're all. I mean, my listeners are super. They're like, you, you, you could release a no episode. Like, uh, I'm like, no, no, I can't. I guess like I feel like I'm like at the cauldron. Like, like I'm like, if I stop stirring this cauldron, I don't know like if this cauldron's gonna blow up. Or similar like like when you're doing the streak, like you're on. Like it's like, uh, I don't know. I guess that's like a baseball or sports metaphor. It starts to feel like you don't want to mess with the mojo either. I, I don't know. Yeah, no, there is that. From what you share, though, how much time you're spending on the, the editing process, especially through most people are asleep by the time that you're okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, truly, it's, I mean, it's, and I totally get it because you're like, you, you're imagining the one listener who is up there, like, still actually listening to the whole podcast, right? And wanting to know what they're going to think. Um, and I know it's more than one listener, but. I don't know. I, I think that people like you for who you are and your imperfections. If you were a, a coaching client of mine, I would <laughs> I would push you on this one. Well, know? I could I could feel your you that you're giving me this loving push. So I I, I will uh, get once the bath is filled, like on the next one, I'll at least like be like, can I put my toe in? Like and just not listen. Like I'll put my toe in there and see, and I'll think of I'll say. Well, I'll say W-W-E-T-E-T-S or whatever I say. And I'll say, okay, well, Eric would say just release it. So, like, I'm definitely, like, one of those visual audio people. So our conversation here is going to be burned into part of my mind. That's awesome. I'll be like, oh, wait, there's Eric. His head's floating above me. (laughs) The octagon's behind him. It's a a drum. Um, uh, And it's a a turtle on the drum. And it's a Native American 
symbol of of something that's it's really great but i couldn't tell you what it is. yeah see i can only see like the uh yeah, i moved the oh cool it was actually it was a gift the their my my neighbors uh my former neighbors before them they were like this cowboy leather shop um and they closed they closed up and that drum has a little bit of like a, a crack in the the leather of it and so they just dropped it off here as sort of a, a gift i'm like sweet it's awesome. awesome yeah no it's it's awesome um yeah i, I will try like, like uh like I will be open to your accountability and your kindness. I mean, like, like I can tell you're doing it from a genuine place. So, so I say, I'll picture you and then I'll look up what Renee Brown looks like and I'll picture the two of you. And then that should be, that probably I think it's probably an app where you can morph our faces into all one. Yeah. This probably has been one of the most fun, I think, uh, conversations I've had on, on this podcast. Um, so I want to thank you. I want to ask you can you can you lull my listeners to, to sleep um so if, if you're driving um just uh i don't know crank it up or something or open the windows yeah. tell people where they can kind of find you and all that but do it in in the, the voice of scooter yeah so we make the sleep with me podcast it's at www.sleepwithmepodcast.com uh older episodes are there but the best place to find it is just use the same podcatching app you use uh, you can go to just search for sleep with me. And if you need to reach out and uh, let me know, uh, best place to get me is on Twitter at dearest scooter. And yeah, I hope you get a great night's sleep, uh, and, uh, sleep well. Good nights. Thank you, Drew. All right, Andrew, how are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me back. I, I, for your audience, I think this will just be a split second, but thanks for having me back. It's been a couple of weeks. You know, isn't it amazing that we can take listeners through like a time portal from, uh, I think it was September 12th that, um, and we just spent about 10 minutes trying to actually figure out the date that we actually talked. Um, and we both agree that if we can, if we, if we, if there's a possibility to overcomplicate something, we find that way to do it. Uh, so we spoke yeah, on September 12th. And today is the 23rd. So give us some updates. So, yeah. So like I've been, I've been thinking a lot about what we talked about. And actually there was like, uh, other than like the actionable things we kind of took away from our conversation, there was a couple other things that struck me about our talk. And I don't know, it, since the people are listening, it, it might, it's more immediate for them. But there was a point in our conversation that's kind of stuck with me where we were kind of talking about like, the relatability of ADHD and insomnia and like, because I could see your face and we were kind of talking about it. it like we were just talking about the pain and the isolation and, 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 and uh, there was just something on your face and the way you responded that reminds me how important it is. Like that the things we struggle with while they're different between like every human being, it's very important to know that, you know, other people are struggling too and doing their best. And that's not easy. Like, so I don't know, that was one thing I, I took away. And then the other thing was what we were talking about kind of before we started is like this idea of t to like being able to pick a to-do list, but then change your mind. And so I've been trying to work on a combination of pen and paper and Todoist just cause um, I, I don't have it integrated with uh, Alexa, but I'm like hoping that I can be like, Hey Alexa, can you remind me to do this later? Uh, along with uh, pen and paper I think she just reacted when I said that, but in uh, that, so it, like pen and paper and the app and that, but we'll see. 
so far today I'm booked. So I have my today's to-do list booked. And then we talked about, uh, you kind of like put it on me about time and perfectionism and the editing of my show and how many listens. And we kind of like, uh, we had a little back and forth and, and you kind of like were trying to hold me accountable, like rightly so, to take some risks. And I was kind of like, well, and so I did, I actually now I've done it three times where I put out episodes for my patrons uh, without ever listening to them. Like they come straight from the editor and I upload them and I put them out for my patrons and I've ne- I haven't heard one thing like from somebody uh, about oh, you know, there was this wrong or that wrong. And actually one, I forgot to mark as private. So it went public and like a bunch of people listened to it. So it, I didn't hear anything negative about that one either. So I don't know if I could ever get to the point where I would release it publicly, but like, uh, I think it's a good first step and in, in it. Like, let me know, like, I don't know. It's actually an interesting experiment too. Cause it's like your listeners are always like your best, like, proofreaders or whatever you want to call it with podcasting where they can be like, Hey, this is not working or, um, or that. So like, uh, I, I was able to take a baby step on that one. I was thinking about you since we spoke, how I, I was wondering how you've been able to do, uh, with, with the editing. So I've been editing some, some videos lately. So I've been, you know, in the editing process and every time I'm editing, I keep thinking about our, our conversation, like, Oh, I hope he's doing okay with it. And you know, it's like, I hope he's not going to like hate me for like pushing him on this and then like avoid me and not want to come back on the show. <laughs> no, I mean, I think that's like, like speaks to you, like that you took this big risk pushing me. And I was actually telling somebody else privately, like, I was like, Oh, like I'm really glad that I'm in a place where I can hear that with an open mind too. Cause I mean, like maybe, and I think podcasting and putting yourself out there maybe helps like, but like, and maybe just that, just your demeanor. And I can tell like you're, you're looking out for me, but like, I think like a year or two ago, I would have been like irritated or been like, man, why is this guy on my case? Like, blah, blah, blah. And really like when, when you were doing, even when you were doing it, like I, I felt like profound respect. And, and plus I know, like, and this will be interesting when we go into this next point, like, like how much fear for me plays a part in my decision making. Mm. So, so yeah, like, like I, I really appreciate it. You know, the acronym for fear, false evidence appearing real. Yeah. yeah. Or, or once you've like learned how to manage that and it comes up again, forget everything and run. <laughs> That's what I usually feel. It's either, yeah, fight or flight, right? Yes. All right. So you said there's one other point that you wanted to share. So we were talking about like goals and, and perfectionism and you were kind of taught sharing about mind mapping. And I was like, Oh, like, uh, and I had a, a couple of flights uh, recently. And uh, so I was like, Oh, let me like uh, start to, to kind of pour out like all my to do's and all my goals. And what was interesting to me, I guess, as I started putting on my goals is like a lot of them were like, like I just started with some general air arenas like uh, let me see because i have it right here like time peace control fun and service were like the kind of arenas that my goals were around and then as i started to break out time like i realized oh wait these apply like to the all the other goals and at first i was like man like i really i mean and right now between work having a job and having a podcast comes out three times a week my time is really strapped and then you know, with uh, podcasting, it, it's not always clear how to monetize it. So it's like, 
time and money don't necessarily line up. And I kind of, as I started breaking out the goals and digging a little deeper, I don't know, there were a lot about time and having more time, like, like where I don't feel the pressure of the deadline or where I don't feel like I'm packing my to-do list unrealistically, more time to spend with my daughter. But then when I started to get into like, how do I deal with these time issues and what's under my control, which not all of it is, it's like saying no, that was like number one. So big. It's so hard, but it's so important. And then also saying yes, like, cause sometimes the risks where I've said yes, when I wanted to say no, have worked out saying maybe, or let me think about it. That's like almost as hard as no, and sometimes harder. And then facing fear, like, and the more I kind of like worked with, like just getting all the stuff out of my brain, the more I saw, like, even now how much for me, fear kind of dictates a lot of my decision-making and a lot of my internal thoughts and like, I guess, like, when it came down to, like, what is my goal? And then this is a big goal. It's not, like, like able to be broken into those smart kind of chunks. But it's just not to be controlled by fear or, or to have my decisions limited. Because it's like, oh, well, what would be best for me? What would be best for the future of the podcast? What do I really want? And then it's like, those, those doorways are or halfway shut because I'm like, well, I don't know if I want to go through that door because I'm scared. So um, I would suggest that there is actually a way to, to track that as a smart goal. Okay. So looking at, you can create almost like a, a daily checklist and looking at it, was there an opportunity during the day to make a decision that I was afraid to make and I went forward anyways? And you can sort of make it as a yes or a no. So was there an opportunity to do it? Did I, did I make the hard choice moving forward to something that I was sort of afraid to do? And so you can sort of define or how many times a week do I want to do that given, you know, how many opportunities I get. Okay. Yeah. That's how, that actually like, it's, that sounds like I'll have opportunities to do that. Like, it's funny. Cause yesterday, literally when I was like thinking, Oh, well, I'm gonna talk to Eric tomorrow. Like this big thing came up that I had to say no to. And it was like this company and there was money involved. And my gut was like, no, but my afraid part was like, well, I don't want to disappoint people or I don't want to say no. Or when my gut's like, this isn't what's best for the show and the listeners. And I was really afraid, but I was like, well, I got to trust my gut here. My gut's saying no. And I'd already made this decision. And it was like a, like a revisiting of it. Like, oh, can't you change your mind or whatever? And I had to go back and say, listen, it's a no. Like, I'm sorry. Like, and uh, so yesterday check it off. But today I think I'll try to just do that. Like say, geez, did something come up? And I guess that's powerful kind of from my other conversation, like is like, even if I can be aware of the choice and, and you know, I don't have to be perfect. Sometimes I'm gonna be like, you know what? I was too scared to, you know, I just backed down or I just went with it or I didn't, I avoided it or whatever. But it, like, I think for me, like a lot of times seeing I have a choice is almost as powerful as making the choice. Uh, it, it, yeah. Yeah, um, there's a, a a book that was uh, written by a, a past guest of the show. Um, if only I can remember his his actual name. He wrote the book uh, Rejection Proof, and the whole idea of it is to go out and so, sort of do these ridiculous things, like just to sort of teach yourself that people are more willing to help you than you realize, um, and two, like desensitizing yourself to to getting rejected to stuff. Oh, there was an app I downloaded maybe a couple of years ago and it was expensive and it was like based on that, like you would open the app and it would say, 
talk like a pirate at a bus stop. Like, and it, and it was just, all you would click is yes or no. Like, and every day it had something, it wasn't totally outrageous, but exactly like that. Or ask someone for some gum. And then it like, it would be like, did you get, did you ask? And did you get rejected? Or did they say yes? Like, uh, but I can't, I can't remember the name of the app either. So <laughs> And there's a, there is a lot of value to that and in, in really sort of rewiring the circuitry of our brain. Like, you know, so we have that our, our brain's trying to protect us. So it sends us these fear signals. We have to sort of acknowledge what you're feeling, as, as you stated. Right. And then say, you know what, brain, I, I got this. Like, th thanks for the heads up. But we're going to we're going to be OK. I'm going to ask for that piece of gum. Or be like, well, no, I'm not. Like, but yeah, I think like the idea of like embracing the plasticity of the brain, uh, is uh it, it's it's so weird to have be equipped with this machine or whatever this organic thing and, and it's like man how does this thing work Wait, what do you <laughs> i think a lot of us are still trying to figure that out yeah yeah for sure any final thoughts as far as what um you know from both our conversation today and just from our, our past conversation that you think you want to sort of move forward with and sort of stay sort of cognizant of maybe going forward, like thinking about like, I mean, perfectionism and to do's is one thing, but then this fear and my goals and, and geez, how much is that impacting it? And is there a way to rewire that? Like you're saying, like expose myself and uh, to, to opportunities for growth uh, and that's going to make my life fuller and also I mean, service is important to me. So it's like, geez, how am I going to be of service to other people if I'm trapped in this self-made box or whatever? So, and, and just so you know, you are of service to people three three days a week or three nights a week with your podcast. So, so don't think that you're not contributing. Yeah, I guess that's that's a good reminder. But but like to continue continue like what I'm doing. It, it's like uh, if I grow, I'm going to be better off, and geez, maybe I can pull somebody up as I as I go. You ever seen that diagram that shows a big circle and it says you are here and there's this other circle that's like away from that circle and then it has a, a arrow pointing to it and it says growth happens here and the big circle is your comfort zone? Huh, no, but I believe that, yeah. And that's, that's where growth happens. It's outside of our comfort zone. For sure, for sure. All right, well, thank you so much for, for following up and um, uh, I'm going uh, to make myself accountable a little bit. So I've been uh, sort of... Every every night on your podcast, uh, you, you ask your listeners to uh, make a, a to support you on Patreon, and you know you, you're like I think you're like a good student of NPR, given like the really like the the, the fair but good guilt trip to you know it's like if you listen all the time, like you should contribute. I, I've been I'm thinking about it, and I think I'm ready to to make that plunge. So I am committing to that before this episode is released that I'm going to be a, a, a supporting patron for your, your podcast. Cause I love your work. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, like, it's, it's interesting. Like, it's like, geez, how many does it take 20 times? Like I've heard from people. So it's like, uh, I, I will keep at it. Keep going. Just... Keep, keep doing it. But thank you so much for your support. And thanks for having me on. Like this was really an enriching, enriching experience. Thank you so much. Thanks, Drew. Take care. This has been Eric Tivers, and I want to thank you for listening and congratulations for making it to the end. ADHD Rewired is more than just a podcast. We are a community focused on learning, growing, and connection. The website is ADHDrewired.com. You can find summaries and additional resources for each episode, learn more about the ADHD Rewired Coaching and Accountability Group, and more. 
It's all at ADHDrewired.com. Don't just be a passive listener, be an active member of the community. Submit your request to join our free and growing community on Facebook. Watch for a message from me on Facebook because I screen everyone before they come in the group. Podcasts do change lives. You can make a difference in someone's life by spreading the word about this podcast. Share it online or share it with a friend. If you're a member of Chad or any other ADHD support group, let people know about this show. And if you really loved this episode, please hit share on your podcast player. One of the biggest things you can do to support this podcast and help other people discover it is to leave an honest rating and a review on iTunes or Stitcher. If you can't figure out how to do it, message me on Facebook or through my website, and I'll be happy to walk you through it. Looking for more ways to listen and learn? Get a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial at Audible by using my affiliate link at audibletrial.com slash ADHD Rewired. Not sure where to start? Start with Brene Brown's The Gift of Imperfections or her six-hour recorded workshop, The Power of Vulnerability. This is Eric Tivers reminding you that when you spend time to plan, you will save time that you could spend later. Until next time.